Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from my flagship studio in Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number 877-973-7425. Real quick, heads up for those of you in Georgia where I have a lot of affiliates. I, You know, this is a great example for all of you across the country. As if you listen to the breaks, we have some filler as we're growing the show and we start placing ads in. And one of the things you hear is my promo for the Army of Activists. You hear it come into the show and some of you wonder if you text the word Army to 33777, you get back an email. Uh, You can sign up for the email. You can sign up to take action. I can do a push alert. Uh, And occasionally I will send them out by email. Sometimes I do it on radio. And if you want to get a sense of it, this is for people in Georgia. You won't be able to go through the process unless you're from Georgia. But all of you can see what happens to the Army of Activists when it's time to mobilize them. And as things happen, in fact, we'll have one coming up here shortly in Ohio. Uh, We do them around the country. Uh, May have one in Texas here shortly as well. And we can do them by state where I have listeners. We can do them nationally with Congress, which we'll have one for that shortly. Uh, But for those of you in Georgia and anyone who is curious, if you text the word ENGAGE, E-N-G-A-G-E, ENGAGE. It is time to engage the Army of Activists. Text ENGAGE to 33777 in Georgia. You will get a link back about school choice. The State House of Representatives in Georgia is considering a school choice measure that would allow poor kids, it's targeted to kids a certain percentage above the poverty line and below, who are in failing schools, it would allow them access to school choice. It would allow them meaningful access around the country or around the state of Georgia to other schools, to school alternatives. Uh, It is the Republicans who are blocking this. There are a number of black Democrats in the state of Georgia, in the state legislature, who support it. Governor Kemp in Georgia has not taken a position on it. If you text ENGAGE to 33777, it will send a link. It will send an email to the governor's office and a tweet to the governor if you have Twitter asking him to be public in support of SB 233. It will also send emails and tweets to your members of the state house in Georgia asking them to support school choice in Georgia. All you have to do is text the word ENGAGE to 33777 if you live in Georgia. If you want to see what the Army of Activists is capable of, wherever you live nationwide, you can text it and see the Action Center for the first time. But uh, it'll only work if you put in a Georgia zip code to get you through the process. So please text ENGAGE to 33777. Now, for all of you, you can call in today, 877-973-7425. And I got to begin with a story we didn't talk a lot about at the time. But I, I, I got an issue. I, I, I want to just just hear me out on this. This is dangerous. So I write to think. This is I, I have been writing a blog since 2004. Uh, moved into redstate.com, moved to the resurgent, now have my daily email, and I write additional pieces there. But I, I've been writing since 2004. Jonah Goldberg, who used to be at National Review, was actually the guy who told me I should do it largely because I was emailing him constantly. He said, you know, there's this thing called a blog. You should get it. Leave me alone. And I did. 
and I'm noticing a trend, and and so let me finish this thought. I, I kind of write to think things out, and this I'm talking out with you. I saw a piece today by a journalist, and I don't I don't want to give names. I, I, I don't want to do that for this because this is pure speculation on my part. But this reporter, this journalist, I shouldn't say reporter, this journalist is saying Republicans are fixated on China to distract from how bad they are on Russia. Now, just listen to me here, please. Listen to me here. I remember when Mitt Romney told Barack Obama in 2012 that Russia was our greatest strategic adversary and he was ignoring it. And Barack Obama laughed and said, uh, Mitt, uh, the 1980s call, they like their foreign policy back. And I'm, oh, it's so funny. Barack Obama got a good one on Mitt Romney. Turns out Mitt Romney was right. The whole time Mitt Romney was right. And now the left in this country is obsessed with all things Russia and, in fact, are attacking Republicans who worry about China, saying, well, they're just distracted. For, they, they want to distract you from their week on Russia. You know, um, that's pretty rich for a group of people who mocked Mitt Romney in 2012 when he turned out to be right. They only care about Russia because they could never accept Hillary Clinton sucked as a candidate and her campaign sucked as a campaign strategy. And it, so they all oh, Russia, Russia called Russia stole it. Russia helped Trump. Russia, 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 Russia. Never mind that they don't want to they don't want to accept the the problems with Hillary Clinton. It was Russia, 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 Marsha, 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 Russia. The reality is Russia is a bad actor. But China is, too. And, and I just say this, and I, I saw this journalist say the Republicans are ignoring China or they're ignoring uh, Russian focused on China because they want to ignore how they're all in Putin's pocket or something. The Chinese, it turns out, there was an election in Canada last year. The Chinese funded candidates for office surreptitiously. And it all got exposed. Justin Trudeau, the prime minister there who won in large part because of the Chinese intervention, Justin Trudeau has refused to launch a national security investigation. Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, who arguably got reelected based on Chinese government support, has refused to investigate the credible reports, the documentation in writing that the Chinese were helping certain members of his political party. We know the Russians did interfere in 2016. It's just been mischaracterized by everybody. What the media wants you to believe is that the Russians in 2016 helped Donald Trump get elected. That's not true at all. What the Russians did do in 2016, however, is stirred up arguments between left and right in the United States, kept us squabbling with each other, kept us fighting each other. So we were distracted from the Russians. That's what the Russians did. That's been well documented. The Russians wanted Americans left, right, and center to fight each other so that the Russians could have their way with the rest of the world while we were distracted in 2016, and it worked. The media and the Democrats have mischaracterized it as them helping 
the Republicans helping Trump. That's not really true. They funded pro-Trump and pro-Hillary protests. They funded anti-Hillary and anti-Trump protests. They did this, and they only spent about $20,000 on Facebook. They were trying to stir up dissent. The Chinese are actively funding candidates. And I just I saw that piece from this journalist this morning. And it's now been well documented and covered in the Canadian press that, in fact, the Chinese were, in fact, paying for helping surreptitiously certain pro-China candidates get elected in China. Here, they're hiring Democrats to lobby the Biden administration about TikTok, among other things. And I just it struck me. What if some of this bellyaching about Ron DeSantis is funded by the Chinese? What if some of it is? It wouldn't surprise me at all. But wait, there's more. The other problem here is we're in postmodern times. The Chinese could be stirring something up, but we're also in postmodernity. It took me a very long time to understand what postmodernism is. It's not an easy concept to really grapple with until you hear the examples. And it was to Tim Keller's credit, the theologian, who really helped me come to terms with what it means to be postmodern. In a postmodern era, there is no longer objectivity. You cannot say that something is so because it may be to you, but it may not be to someone else. Therefore, it can't be objective. Everything is subjective. And you begin to hear people talk about their truth. People don't talk about the truth. They talk about their truth. So it is my truth and your truth. It is I feel instead of I think. Postmodernism is self-centered. It's emotional. Postmodernism is at war with truth in favor of your truth. Postmodernism elevates exceptions to rules. So the sky can't be blue anymore because there's a colorblind person who can't see blue. Therefore, the sky's not really blue, even though it is for most people. When they look at it, they see it as blue if it's not cloudy outside. You can't say that in postmodernism because it may be someone, it may not be someone else's truth. That there's a cultural relativism, a moral relativism in postmodernism. And in postmodernism, people want their truth affirmed. People want their truth. They don't want the truth. Thus, we get to Ron DeSantis and his position on Ukraine. I want to read for you his actual complete statement. This is what Ron DeSantis said. While the U.S. has many vital national interests, securing our borders, addressing the crisis of readiness within our military, achieving energy security and independence, and checking the economic, cultural, and military power of the Chinese Communist Party, Becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them. The Biden administration's virtual blank check for funding of this conflict for as long as it takes without any defined objectives or accountability distracts from our country's most pressing challenges. Without question, peace should be the objective. The U.S. should not provide assistance that could require the deployment of American troops or enable Ukraine to engage in offensive operations beyond its borders. F-16s and long-range missiles should therefore be off the table. 
These moves would risk explicitly drawing the United States into the conflict and drawing us closer to a hot war between the country's two largest nuclear powers. That risk is unacceptable. A policy of regime change in Russia, no doubt popular among the D.C. foreign policy interventionists, would greatly increase the stakes of the conflict, making the use of nuclear weapons more likely. Such a policy would neither stop the death and destruction of the war nor produce a pro-American Madisonian constitutionalist in the Kremlin. History indicates that Putin's successor in this hypothetical would likely be even more ruthless. The cost to achieve such a dubious outcome could be astronomical. The Biden administration's policies have driven Russia into a de facto alliance with China. Because China has not and will not abide by the embargo, Russia has increased its foreign revenues while China benefits from cheaper fuel. Coupled with his intentional depletion of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve and support for the left's Green New Deal, Biden has further empowered Russia's energy-dominated economy and Putin's war machine at America's expense. Our citizens are also entitled to know how the billions of U.S. tax dollars are being utilized in Ukraine. We cannot prioritize intervention in an escalating foreign war over the defense of our homeland, especially as tens of thousands of Americans are dying every year from narcotics smuggled across our open border, and our weapons arsenals critical for our own security are rapidly being depleted. That's his full statement. DeSantis' position, specifically on Ukraine, is identical to Joe Biden's right now. Give them defensive weapons and push for peace. That's what Joe Biden wants to do. That's what DeSantis said. DeSantis did not say stop funding Ukraine. Nowhere in his statement does he say stop funding Ukraine. He just said stop putting Ukraine as a priority over Americans. That's easy to do. Fund American priorities, you fund Ukraine. He never said stop funding it. But because he did not use the words of existential crisis, because he factually said it's a territorial dispute, which it is, but not an existential crisis for American national security— which is arguable, he ran afoul of the postmodernists in the GOP who want their worldview affirmed. They want to be right at all costs, and they want you to know, above all else, that it's an existential threat, and we must fight and give Ukraine everything possible in order for Ukraine to survive. He never said stop funding them. But in postmodern times, there are isolationists who want to stop funding altogether, and there are those who want to fund at all, all costs. And he's trying to split the baby, whether he should or not. That's what he's trying to do. Most Americans are not going to care. But in postmodern times, emotional people who feel instead of think and want their views affirmed care very deeply that he chose words that they're not using. Never mind his policy is exactly what they want. And I wonder, again, how much of the dissent in the media is being stirred up by Chinese sympathizers? So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer. And he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bowl and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. 
my goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed, and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowling Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I am very happy to have you. I probably should also open the call screening program. (laughs) I'm a professional. Some days it's just hard to realize it. (laughs) By the way, if you live in Georgia, text ENGAGE to 33777 uh, if you want to tell your state legislator to support school choice. Um, I want to go to the phones. Jim, you're going to be up first. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks. Sorry to be calling about this, but after Joe Biden promised basically every depositor they'd all be made whole, no matter how many millions or billions they have in a single bank, could we possibly be edging toward another great recession now that he's made that impossible promise? Oh, look, I I think we're going to have a recession one way or the other. Uh, and the problem yeah. here, Jim, is we don't really have the money as a country to pad the foam the runway for when yeah. the plane lands. Um, that's going to be the big problem for Biden's situation here. Uh, it, let, let's just think about it this way. And, you know, I, I had this epiphany the other day because I was speeding. <laughs> I, I was trying to get around some people. I, I said this the other day on the interstate. I was trying to get around some people, and I realized, so they were all doing exactly, and I don't know what it was. It, it really, it aggravated me. It was like there are three lanes, and they've set their cruise control so that they're all doing the exact same speed limit, and everybody was backed up behind them. And in front of them, there was nobody. Miles and miles, at, like going over the hill, you can see, there's nobody in front of them. So I started weaving in and out of, out of traffic, and I was accelerating to do it. And, and it just it frustrated me that these people were. And I finally got up to the guy at the front and flashed my lights for him to get a clue. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I was being an aggressive driver. It's true. But literally all these three cars, three lanes of traffic, they were all doing like 69, 70 miles an hour, the speed limit 70 miles an hour. In Georgia, you can go within 10 miles over the speed limit, and every you could just see the road rage about to happen from people around me. And I just, I got up and flashed by the guy, thankfully moved over. But I started thinking about it when I was weaving in and out of the traffic and going fast. You know, if I go just a mile more than this, I'm outside that comfort zone, and I could get, I could get a ticket. And then I started thinking about it with the economy. It's like it's the same way. We have pushed the limits so far with the economy. We don't have any wiggle room but bankruptcy as a nation the way the Biden administration has been spending. We don't have any margin of error. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 
973-7425. We have an active action alert for our listeners in the state of Georgia. You can text the word ENGAGE to 33777 uh, to encourage your state representative and Governor Kemp to support school choice in your state. There's a headline. Uh, there are actually a couple of headlines that I kind of think are all related. And I kind of mentioned this the other day, but I want to spend a little more time on this today. Shake up my order of the show. There was a plan in New York to build what they called an air train to LaGuardia. If you've never been to New York City, when you land at either JFK, which is the massive international airport, or LaGuardia, which is the domestic airport. Delta has a massive hub in LaGuardia. Uh, When you arrive at either one, there's no way to get into New York City, into Manhattan, via subway. New York has an incredible subway system, but none of the lines go to LaGuardia or JFK. You have to take a bus or a taxi, or car, and inevitably traffic sucks. I've been to New York City and I've landed at 11 p.m. and was in a traffic jam getting to Manhattan. Traffic in New York sucks. So Andrew Cuomo came up with the idea of what really was a boondoggle. He wanted to build what's called an air train. It was an elevated rail system that would go into LaGuardia, and you could take the subway to a stop, and then what was so bad about the plan, honestly, was you the subway went to the – so you're coming from Manhattan. You're headed east to get to LaGuardia from Manhattan. So this would go further east than LaGuardia, and then you'd have to go back west on this, this air train thing. But at least it would connect you into a subway stop that would then run you through uh, Brooklyn and the like and get you into Manhattan. They've canceled it because of – costs and environmental concerns there will you will still have to use the it, it, what's so funny about it is it's the environmentalists who got it killed the environmentalists were afraid of wetlands impact they would rather you take a taxi to laguardia than get you on a subway with a bunch of other people they would rather you still take your taxi or your uber or your lyft now that's public transportation to the airport in new york in California, they're trying to build a high-speed rail line from Los Angeles to San Francisco. Now, it takes 30 minutes to an hour to fly from L.A. to San Francisco. This train would take almost as long as a car ride under optimal conditions. Their high-speed train would take about as long as a car ride because of all the stops along the way. But they insisted it was a good thing. They insisted they should build this high-speed line. And now they're thinking they may have to shutter it. As the line continues to grow, it's not really going where they want it to go because of environmental concerns and local opposition to it. They're having all sorts of cost overruns. They just can't get it done. And then in Atlanta, Georgia, there's a public transit system in Atlanta called MARTA the Metropolitan Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority. That's one of the names for it. 
And Marta is the most ridiculous public transportation system probably in all of America. It is a subway line that is elevated in portions and underground in portions. And literally, it goes north-south, and it goes east-west, and it's got one little spur that goes off. And that's the gold line, even though it should be the yellow line. But Asian-American activists were upset that the yellow line was branching off into an Asian-American community. And they thought, are you being racist calling it the yellow line? And they had already done the signage for it. So they were like, no, no, it's the gold line. We wouldn't call it the yellow line. It's so stupid. And Marta has the unique genius of going nowhere anyone wants to go except the airport. The only people who regularly transit on MARTA are people who need to buy drugs in a safe location. They can do it in the third train back on the fifth seat. They also have a streetcar of no desire in Atlanta that is tied into the MARTA system that no one rides on except for drug dealers and students who want to buy drugs in downtown Atlanta. That's pretty much it. And, you know, in L.A., the L.A. system now, uh, there's a big article in the L.A. Times that nobody drives the, the – no one gets on the train system in L.A. anymore unless they need to buy drugs. It's the safe place to buy drugs. Nobody does it. In New York, of course, they've had shootings on the train system. They had a kid the other day shoved in front of a uh, – shoved onto the tracks as the train was coming in. Thankfully, they were able to get him out in time. The, the, the subway said nobody. And then after COVID, I mean, my gosh, who wants to be on the train with us? As an aside, just as an aside, this happened to me again yesterday. This has happened three days in a row to me. Someone passed me in a car wearing a mask in their car, and there's no one else in the car. I see this all the time. My wife has seen this. Why? Have you, maybe maybe they just forgot to take it off. I, I I just I don't get it. And it's not like it's an N95 mask. And I had someone the other day say, "Well, in Georgia, the pollen's so bad. How can you be upset that someone's wearing? Because no one's ever worn a mask to escape pollen in the state of Georgia ever. And suddenly they're wearing masks to to. I mean, why are these people? They're in their car by themselves wearing a mask. Why? Well, used to be a little empathetic. Maybe they're an Uber driver and they're other. Well, so okay, maybe. But do you really believe that all these people are the old lady I passed yesterday in the Subaru with the mask on? Maybe they got buck teeth and they don't want people to see. I I don't know. But why? Why by yourself in the car? Where am I? I I, I got. No, I don't know. I don't know. I I try to be. I, that's one I don't get. Maybe maybe they've got like a kidnapped person in the trunk and they don't want to give that person COVID. I, I I got I got nothing. As I distract myself on this, you got uh, the air train in Laguardia can't be built because of costs. In Atlanta, the MARTA system has decided to scale back uh, new transit lines. The voters, by the way, approved the transit lines, but they weren't going to build new subway systems. They were just going to add new bus lines. That's the genius of it. They were going to add new bus lines. They've stopped the idea of building a big uh, underground subway system or a train system. Some people still advocate light rail. Light rail, light rail actually is not a good system. It is expensive to maintain, uh, way more expensive than the heavy rail of your standard subway line, like the New York train system. New York subway is a heavy rail system. It's actually better. Light rail is kind of dumb. Waste of money. 
But Atlanta is indefinitely delaying its public transit expansion because of costs and the environmentalists. Notice this is a Democratic-controlled part of Georgia and a local plan. It's not a statewide plan, and the Democrats have given up on it. In New York, the state and the city have decided it's an environmental boondoggle to build an actual tram system into LaGuardia, so they're giving it up. In California, the environmentalists and the unions have driven up costs so much, they're probably going to scrap their high-speed rail plan. Now let's take this out further to the Navy. The Navy cannot rapidly build ships. Between bureaucratic demands, between union costs, with the Biden administration, between environmental regulations and environmental concerns, the Navy can't build their ships. Let's contrast that, shall we? Contrast it this way. Florida completed repairs to the Pine Island Bridge in just three days after Hurricane Ian. Remember Pine Island, one of the major barrier islands in Florida, cut off from the mainland after Hurricane Ian last year? Ron DeSantis was able to get the bridge repaired in three days, waived all the regulations, expedited the building. In Georgia, the Republicans in the state, when I-85 burned down and collapsed, they were able to get it rebuilt in less than a month. The projections were six months. They got it rebuilt in less than a month. When Jimmy Carter was president of the United States, God bless him, Democrats started saying, maybe the presidency is just too big for one man. Maybe we need a prime minister and a president. Maybe we need something. Maybe we need to divide up the government. Turned out the government was just too big for Jimmy Carter. Democrats seem to be really bad at getting efficiencies in government. They seem to be really bad at actually building things. The Democrats are too beholden to unions and to environmentalists and all their constituency groups who want a piece of the action and want some money. Republicans actually get things built in this country. And right now, you're having this massive conversation in this country among the media elite and political leaders in this country that we, we, this infrastructure bill, we spent all this money and we can't get anything built. Well, no, no, no. It's Democrats can't get anything built. It's not actually Republicans. In Florida and in Georgia, in real-world examples, Republican governments were able to get things built expeditiously ahead of schedule and under budget. It's urban areas run by Democrats like Atlanta, New York City, can't get their transit systems together. It's the left-wing state of California can't build its rail system statewide. It's the environmentalists who are complaining. But there's a larger systemic issue in the in the spillover effect of it actually is having a real-world impact on our national defense capabilities. We can't build the planes and we can't build the ships quickly. The bureaucrats and the red tape, we've become too bureaucratic as a nation. It's driving up our costs. Our Navy needs to be turning around ships. China for the first time ever, has a larger Navy than ours now. Barack Obama decided to change our military output. During Barack Obama's administration, the federal government decided we would no longer have the capability of fighting 
two wars at one time and winning both. The Obama administration decided to now advance a theory that we could fight two wars at one time and keep one uh, from escalating out of our control while we won the other one and then divert resources. That had never been since World War II our policy, but he wanted to scale back our defense systems. And the result is that he wound down our Navy and he scuttled ships. And now we've got to build new ships. We've got to get back in the game. And we don't have the capacity or the ability to build anymore as a nation under democratic red tape regulations and environmental concerns. we got to have somebody at the national level come in and start winding down a lot of the environmental and regulatory reviews. Figure out a way to streamline them. Figure out a way to, to make them more efficient. In New York, you know what killed that air train system? I'm not making this up. The environmental review was less than two years, and the environmentalists argued, well, if it was a less than two-year-old, two years to review it, it wasn't good enough. It should be at least four years. I'm looking at it thinking, why did it take more than six months? Why did it take more than a month? Two years is too long. And to the Democrats, that wasn't long enough. They just don't know how to build things, and we're going to suffer militarily because of it. I don't want you to suffer with stinky air in your house. That's why the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is such a great idea. And you can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. EdenPureDeals.com. On the site, you'll see a discount code box. You put in ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. You get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200, and you get free shipping. They are odor eliminators. Pet odors, litter box odors, smoke odors, musty odors, cooking odors. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm doesn't mask them, doesn't hide them. It wipes them out. I carry one with me at all times when I'm traveling. It's in my travel bag. It's no bigger than the size of my hand. Plug it into the wall or use a USB cord in your car. If you got a rental car and someone smoked in the rental car, it can wipe out those odors, make it smell like new. In a hotel, if it stinks, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm can wipe out those odors. In your house, your upstairs, your downstairs, your basement, even your RV could use an Eden Pure Thunderstorm to wipe out bad odors from your pets to your cooking to someone smoked. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the discount code E-R-I-C-K, Eric, my name, on the front page of the site, and get three of them for less than $200, EdenPureDeals.com. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Don't forget to subscribe to the daily email. Text the word DATA to 33777. You can get all of my email, show notes, things like that. I forgot to do the show notes email today. Uh, By the way, Philip and his wife did have their baby. Thank goodness. Um, but I forgot to do the email today. Now, I got an email from a listener and he said I should probably get on someone from a state patrol in some state and talk to them about how everyone forgot how to drive during COVID. That is so true. And I am noticing more and more, and and I was talking earlier about this, how people just, uh, they get in the left lane and they just cruise. And I have to remind myself, you know, I got to get into the middle lane or, or to the right lane. Uh, when I get around someone, and if there's a big distance. Now, if there's a, if there are cars, I set my cruise control and just kind of drive with my cruise control. And I, I go past cars, and if there's a big gap, I get over. There's inevitably going to be a car behind me that wants to go faster. But I'm really struck now by the number of people who just cruise in the left lane, oblivious to the fact there are people behind them who want to get around, and I'm seeing more and more higher risk behavior of drivers uh, with short tempers who they're so frustrated by the slow poke in the left lane. It's a dangerous thing. A lot of states now, Indiana is the latest example. Indiana has now passed a law that if you are more than, I think, 30 seconds in the left lane 
with no one in the right lane that you are gaining on to pass, they will pull you over and give you a ticket now. They enforce it at the state patrol level in Indiana. In my state of Georgia, it's it's you're not supposed to drive in the left lane, but I don't think they like actively enforce it. Probably should. Uh, and maybe I would get a ticket. I, I try not to stay in the left lane. Uh, if I'm, if I'm not passing people, I try to get over, but sometimes I forget you just, your, your brain goes on autopilot where you're on cruise control. And now, you know, the cars are so safe. This is the other thing I'm finding about vehicles these days. So I've got a Yukon, uh, GMC Yukon. It's, it's a new one. Uh, hi Jim Ellis, uh, great dealership, got it from them. I'm so reliant now on the, on the camera for backing up. I forget to just turn around and look. And I used to like my, and now of course, you know, they can build cars with all these blind spots and you have to use the cameras and the sensors, which makes you to some degree a less safe driver because you're, you're losing the, the skill set of, I've got to actively turn my head and look to see, I just rely on the cameras and the sensors. What happens when the cameras and the sensors go out? I had this the other day that I, it had been raining and that rear camera was so dirty, I couldn't see out of it. When I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Well, guess what, Erickson? You turn your body around physically and you look to see if someone's coming. But this one, with also the cruise control, it slows down automatically if there are people in front of you. And I have more and more had this problem where I'll set my cruise control, say 75 and a 70. And I'll come up on someone, and that person's doing 65 and a 70, and my car just slows down, and it does it so gently, you don't even realize until suddenly everybody is swerving around you. You're like, what, what, what's going on? And you realize, oh, this idiot in front of me isn't even doing the speed limit in the left lane. And it just causes it. it I'm an even-keeled person, and it infuriates me to have to weave around someone in the left lane, I find it so dangerous that you are going slightly more than the speed limit, some people real much more than the speed limit, and you got some Yahoo in the left lane going less than the speed limit, and they're completely oblivious to the fact that they are supposed to be in the right lane. How many wrecks is that person going to cause in their life of doing that? I really do think it's a dangerous thing, and good for states like Indiana now enforcing getting people out of the left lane. People got to get out of that behavior. It's just so dangerous with the flow of traffic these days. And in COVID, I I swear to you, people have forgotten how to drive. Maybe they never knew and it just got exacerbated, exacerbated by COVID, but people have lost their ability to drive after being in lockdown for so long.